Hey, this is Rob. Hey, this is Dan. And you're listening to Remote with Rob and Dan, a podcast about remote work, remote living, productivity, stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that. And just a chance for us to talk about stuff once a week. Yeah, we enjoy it. Yeah. On this week's episode, we are talking about the fear of failure, uh, specifically how to fight against it, how to wrangle it into submission, how to make it yours or something. Make make failure yours. That sounds like uh, the wrong thing to do. Make, Um, get so used to failure that it's yours and no one else's. That's where where we're going with this. We're going to teach you how to make failure yours yep and then you won't fear it because it'll just be your everyday norm the same way you don't fear the reaper exactly or um <laughs> i don't know i can't think of anything else with is this one of those except for that of, movie with marky mark <laughs> is this one of those episodes yep where we uh yeah so uh the fear <laughs> of failure yeah are you afraid of it i am like what kind of failure? Like just anything? You know, just failing at anything? You know, yeah, I mean, failing at anything, but I, I think specifically if we're getting into the nitty gritty, I, I, I am specifically talking about uh, creative pursuits. Um, and it, I mean, I guess it's not, is it, is it just creative? I guess it's not just creative. So anytime no. you're going to, um, you know, speak in front of a group or you have a big presentation at work or something like that, or you have, um, you know, you're creating a book or you're uh, recording a podcast or you're starting a business. Um, you know, any of those, any, any industry, anything you do, obviously you can fail at it. And I think when we say, you know, there's this fear of failure and kind of getting past it, it's about not letting, um, not letting those times where you stop yourself from doing something because of your, you're, you know, afraid of the the potential of not doing it well. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's, it's about the fear meter goes up when the stakes are higher. Right. Mm. So like I could be trying out a new macaroni and cheese recipe <laughs> that only I'm going to eat. And I don't really care if I ruin it, but if I'm trying out the same macaroni and cheese family or family, family the same macaroni and cheese recipe for uh thanksgiving for like the 40 people in my family that come over and they're counting on that macaroni and cheese yeah to be the best side they've ever had then it's a little scarier to yeah. mess it up how do so. we keep ourselves from uh you know limiting ourselves how do you how do you not let that inhibit your productivity or your uh, drive to achieve. I think, I think a lot of times what stops me um, when it comes to, you know, this, this topic isn't necessarily a fear of failure per se, but I think something that falls under that umbrella is definitely like perfectionism. Um, And it's like, do I want to put something out I don't know. I don't know if this, I don't know if the same way for you. So what happens with me is I'll, let's say, let's say I am drawing a picture just because I use music and videos all the time. I'm going to use a different example. Um, I'm drawing a picture and I want to share it, um, on Instagram. Um, 
you know, that's actually kind of a lame example. Um, I'm going to write a, I'm going to write a blog post because I, this is more of an example of me. Um, I'm going to write a blog post and it's going to be about, um, you know, how to, how to run a podcast remotely there. The mm-hmm. uh, topic I know decent amount about, I do it weekly. Um, you know, I feel like I'm somewhat of an authority on the, on the topic now. It's, this is, we're eight episodes in. I kind of know what I'm talking about. The thing is yeah. what, what'll stop me isn't necessarily like a fear of failure or a fear of, uh, you know, uh, being looked at as a fraud or something like that. What'll stop me is, am I giving the right information? Yeah. Have I done all of the possible research? And I think that's the perfectionist in me instead of just saying. That fear boils down to, is some dick going to come along and comment and say, <laughs> oh, well, I do it this way. And uh, that's the right way to do it because that's the way I do it. And like, it doesn't matter regardless of what you do, somebody's going to do that. Right. Right. So I don't know. I think, I think not worrying about that is (laughs) that's an easy, that's an easy answer. Don't worry about the fear. Just, and then, (laughs) and then you won't fear it. That's not what I mean. And the podcast is over. That's it. That's all we have to do. Don't worry about (laughs) it. That's our message. Uh, <laughs> um wow totally lost track of how to articulate any of the thoughts that i have right now um i think i think getting over the hump of realizing that you're just in this particular instance you're just telling your way of doing it this sure. is the way i do it it works for me yeah maybe it's not the right information right uh, for everyone because they may not have all the equipment you have, or they sure. may not know how to do, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, and somebody else might do it differently and they could put out the same video and it might be a little different. And, and I think that's fine. I think understanding. So that's super solid point. I also think part of it uh, for me that trips me up is uh, understanding my audience sometimes. So, um, mm-hmm. Whether I'm, you know, doing a blog post or doing this podcast or, or whatever, uh, what what'll happen with me is I'll say, okay, you're going to, um, I don't crap, I don't freaking know, uh, format your hard drive or something. I'll say something like that, like make sure you format the SD card, you know, or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, now I, I I'll stop myself and I'll be like, crap, do they know how to do that? Is that something that people know how to do? Well, now I've got to do that. So then I explain yeah. that, and then in explaining that. <laughs> I'm like, well, crap, do they even hole. know how to get to the disk utility? So then I have to explain what that is. So what ends yeah. up happening with me is it balloons into this like perfectionist nonsense bubble where yeah. uh, I have to just continually dive deeper and deeper until my stupid 500 word blog posts turned into like half a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, that's a fair point, but I think how many times have you watched a video and to learn something mm-hmm. that you need to do right there. And then they do something like that. Mm-hmm. Like for like in my case, they'll be like, well, I just, you know, do this action and I grab this tool and I, you know, marquee this thing and move it, whatever. I'm like, how the hell do I do that? And then I just Google that. Right. And, right. and then figure it out. So, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's up to you when, when teaching a, a, a you know, potential person to sure. do something to like tell them everything about the history and the, how it works. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think it's just, this is, 
this is how I do this function. And if there's something that confuses you in here, reach out or Google it. Yeah, hundred um, <laughs> percent. That is by far in a way the thing, like if I'm being personal about this, it's definitely the thing that keeps me from producing uh, often. Is, you know what I did? Uh, um, sorry. I no, go ahead. You off go there. Ahead. Um, and, and it actually came from public speaking to, to kids and or even to adults that are interested in you know learning more about what I do is that I kind of switched that the way that I explain it and instead of going you do this you do this you do this I say I do this mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. and that way I'm just explaining how I do things right and and it's and it takes the it kind of takes the pressure unconsciously off of like well, what if they do that and it doesn't work and I've told them to do that? <laughs> sure. You know, it's yeah. just like, they're like, well, I did it and it didn't work. I'm like, well, that's just the way I do it. Well, that's sorry, your problem. It didn't work for you. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you should fail some more so you get used to it. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it, I mean, I honestly think it helps. Um, I think you, I mean, I think you touch on something important is just there should be a healthy amount of expectations when you're helping or teaching someone something that they, they, they might need to do a little bit more diligence, you know, they on, might on need to own. fail, yeah, you know, and they might need to fail at it. How would you know how to do anything right if you didn't do it wrong? So a that's bit? a solid, that's a solid uh, segue or point too, is that, you know, we're talking about the fear of failure and why it can stop you in your tracks. It can keep you from, Doing the things you want to do, realizing the things that you want to, you know, accomplish. Um, I actually don't, I, you know, one of the things that I've tried to do throughout my life is to stop looking at what we consider failure as a negative and look at it as a positive. Um, you know, when you fail at something or when you get something wrong, then nine times out of 10, I mean, obviously this isn't everything, but, um, nine times out of 10, you, you, you now have the opportunity to realize what the right way, you know, was. Absolutely. The, the I right think approach. It, every time, I mean, unless that failure kills you, in which case <laughs> then you, then you're done learning. But I think it, you have to make the mistakes in order to learn what not to do. Yeah. Otherwise you don't know what not to do. I mean, it's kind of like, dating a bunch of people that drive you insane until you find the person that doesn't it's so because they don't do all those things it's so funny that we do that though uh i mean we've both you know done that in our in our lives and people around us don't do it all the time and you look at wow i mean dating is a great example how many times between us and our friends and the acquaintances and people we know do you just continue to do the same stupid thing over and over again? Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of a different yeah, a different type of failure, I guess. I mean, I think a lot of it is not knowing exactly what the mistake is until you make it, but if you keep making the same one over again, then I, I think know, there's kind of logic I think the there's something there though when you when whether you're, you know, you can use the dating analogy, but you can apply it to the things you're doing in your life that, um, you know, your creative pursuits or, or, or what have you, you can look mm-hmm. at things like, um, what if they don't like, this is the most like basic example, but like, what if they don't like me? Um, you know, or what if they don't yeah. like the thing that I'm producing? 
you know, uh, when it comes to music, any kind of art, really, it's like, well, there's this thin line where you start to tailor stuff to make people like it as opposed to yeah. just doing what you like. And the same thing goes for, you know, relationships or whatever. At the end of the day, what you really want to do is just do what you do. And the people that don't like it, that's great. That's a learning opportunity for them to not come yeah. back. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think, uh, and it's it's exponential. To, I guess that's the right word. It's the more people that like you yeah. is, you know, one-to-one ratio of the more people that are seeing you. Mm-hmm. And the more people are going to not like you, you know right. what I mean? Like I've always kind of thought that way. Even when we were, when we were in the band and we were talking about getting big and, and it, it, people would start to like, not like our music. I'd be like, yeah, but there's probably that many people new who do like, right. It. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's just the, the ones that don't like it cut a little deeper when they tell you yeah they can (laughs) well i think what ends up happening is a lot of times the people that the the vocal people you know the dissenters of the world Uh um a lot of times they're just saying stuff that you kind of already think you know um you kind of already know and a lot i mean so you know you worked in in the industry that you know i'm still in you know building apps and and software and stuff and you've got a very Uh public facing forum for people to voice their opinions on things and totally you know a lot of times they'll end up saying something that and uh, i think what upsets people is it's the way that it's said not necessarily the fact that it was said sometimes because at the end of the day what i've said that so many times i hate that at the end of the day um <laughs> what uh it's not really the end of the day yet. <laughs> what uh what happens is someone will say you know uh feature x doesn't work it's stupid you know, and uh-huh. why isn't it working? And it, what bothers you is the fact that, uh, yeah, they're right. It's stupid. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I think even going back further in the process, like the methodology that we were using for that, I mean, in that particular instance, like the software that we were making or that you're still making with Pixel Press, like that was the point. Right. Right. We right. made it quick. We didn't know if it would work right. or not, like, or, or be the perfect user experience or not until we heard from people, whether it was. Yeah. And And like, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? So in that way, we were almost failing on purpose. Yeah. I mean, there's an entire industry built around this, uh, concept, I guess it's not an industry, but an entire methodology built around this concept of, uh, MVP minimum viable product, um, or, agile. you know, agile, uh, you know, methodology for product life cycle, product development. Um, and I think that, you know, you and I, it's funny, we talked about this last, I think it was last episode we were talking about, imagine being Nintendo in the eighties and shipping, you know, a million units of, you know, uh, duck hunt or whatever. And you get, you get it out there and you start getting reports of there's bug. Well, well, okay. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. You know, um, (laughs) we don't like how this works. We don't like the way that the flash looks when you shoot the duck. Okay. You know, bummer. Wait for duck hunt too. Yeah. You're gonna have to wait for (laughs) duck hunt too. Whereas, you know, uh, nowadays, uh, for people, you know, if anyone who is listening, um, and you're not aware there's the, you know, this something that you're probably used to that you don't even know that you're used to is minimum viable product, um, agile methodology, which is, you know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all these products that we use, you see them get updated constantly. You get the little red dot or whatever, um, letting you know that something's happened, something's new. And that typically is feedback from failure. Um, you know, it's a 
something that went wrong that they made better um, or something that people just didn't like that they made better. Um, and a lot of times, Daniel, I mean, you're totally right. That gets rolled out um, knowing that that's probably going to change because we don't know um, if it's right yeah. or not. So we're failing intentionally. Yeah. I mean, it's got to do with all kinds of other factors too. Like, well, we got to have this out now because right. I mean, for us it was, we got to have this out now because it's Christmas time and people mm-hmm. are going to buy a bunch of toys and, Mattel really wants us to have it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so just get it done as quickly and as best as you can. Right. And then when people say this feature's stupid, you go, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're fixing it. Yeah. Now that the deadlines are a little bit more lax. So I don't know. I think that I mean, honestly, I think that that whole process got me over a little bit of that fear of failure because I kind of took that that idea into my life and my art too, you know, yeah. and I'm just like, I, I kind of throw stuff out there and I see, I mean, the people aren't for the most part, don't go, I hate the way that you painted <laughs> sure. that thing. Sure. It's not as like specific as they are with software, but I can tell just from like inferring who likes it and, and how many people like it. Or, you know, when I put that against analytics of how many people see it, there's a lot to it, but I can be like, well, maybe trying this style, you know, a lot of people don't like it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I like it. So mm-hmm. I don't really care that much. But I sort of take that that logic that we use with software and I do it with my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, what, I mean, we've spent a good portion of our uh, creative lives, um, you know, getting beat up. Not, not that we, you know, suck at stuff, but when you work on creative pursuits like being in a band or like building software, um, video games, uh, for kids, especially. Um, and you, you do, you do all these things. I mean, you, you're in a, you're in a chamber of, uh, of uh, echo chamber or you're in, it's not an echo chamber. What, what's the phrase I'm looking for? You're, you're, it's a room full of the most opinionated <laughs> people in the world. I don't know what the, what the word is for that, but yeah. People are more opinionated about music and video games and maybe movies than just about anything else. It's, it's pretty nuts. You get, um, you, you get in there and, and I think you build up a tolerance for it. Cause I'm the same way. I mean, now, you know, 15, 20 years into, you know, some kind of creative career career, um, I'm a much, uh, thicker skin than I had, you know, 20 years ago. I think. I mean, if you remember me when we first got those <laughs> yeah. first comments on floors, yeah, uh, uh, and uh, floors is an app we put out, by the way, a long time ago. Um, if anybody doesn't know, when I just say floors, people <laughs> didn't like it, and they they thought that it didn't work right, and right. especially when people were like, "The UI is terrible, and I don't know what to do with it." I'm like, "But I made that, and yeah. I thought I worked really hard on it." And I get really <laughs> upset, and then at the end of it. I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I had a 10-year-old kid telling me he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> or, or when the dads would get on and be like, I'm a developer and I have no idea what to do with this product. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, to be fair, yeah, I don't know how to use it either. So <laughs> it's okay. It's, <laughs> Half uh, the time, I don't know what I'm doing in the app. So cool. We're on the same page, pal. How much do you think that, uh, you know, how much do you think when, when we are looking for feedback, when we're looking for failure, how much do you think we should care, um, versus, you know, let it roll off your back? So, 
here's what it's to me it's about the um community or the oh what's the word i'm looking for the demographic i i guess the audience, the, the, the audience thank you it's it's about the the audience that i'm that i'm uh pushing things towards so you know when we start something new let's take uh let's take you for example uh, four years ago or so you started, you know, um, you started drawing a lot more and being more, uh, forthcoming about it, um, putting things out in order to create a career in illustration for children's books. And when you started that, and, um, I'm kind of assuming, but I also kind of remember, um, when you started that you start with your base audience, which is friends and family, right? And then you slowly start to grow that, um, outside of friends and family and, uh, you know, how much of a balance of, um, I guess uh, here's a different question, uh, but how much of a balance <laughs> of friends and family versus outsiders do you think is like healthy, um, to get feedback? You know what I mean? I think, you know, in my particular, my particular audience and, you know, if you want to call it an industry is, um, it's not known for, naysayers <laughs> sure there's not a whole lot of like assholes in the children's <laughs> literature market it's not really like they like they portray it an elf or something right. where people are screaming at each other and publishing companies and everything like is based on this one book and the whole company right. falls apart right um so i mean normally you only hear like oh i like that oh mm -hmm. you know that's awesome uh you don't hear like oh it's stupid because people just don't aren't assholes. So, um, I don't have a whole lot of insight on that. I mean, I think that your family and friends are more likely to just say nice things, even if they think that it sucks. Sure. Whereas the, the audience, the greater audience won't say anything. Right. If they think it sucks, whereas they'll say it's good if they really think it's good. Um, so in that way, I think it's, I mean, I, I love the, my friends and family telling me that things are great, but it, it's almost like, well, you kind of have to say that. You to, <laughs> but, yeah, you have to. Um, we've, we've, I, had, we've had friends in the past that don't feel like they have to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. With the band, it's very different. But, um, you know, I just kind of like, I, I, I can get that sense of whether my friends and family like something or they don't if they if they don't use it or don't buy the books or like don't download the app right. or, you know, whatever, right. if they don't listen to the podcast, right. You know, it's like, I know it's not your cup of tea and that's fine. What I have found, you know, if we're just talking about getting a response from people is, I mean, artwork is, is so, you know, subjective anyway, but it, regardless of what it looks like that I put out, if it comes from a place of authenticity or if it comes from a, like a personal sort of like heartfelt place, I'll get more of a response from people mm -hmm. than I will. If I'm just like trying to make some political statement or, mm -hmm. or a joke, you know, or something like that, it, it, that's not based on anything. Right. You know, it's, I get less of a response. Um, it's yeah. Yeah, it seems to I'm be the case. I'm not sure if I answered the no, question. No, it's all right. It's fine. It's that's podcast. We just ramble. Yeah, um, we just what, talk. Do, shit. do you? Uh, do you, that, that seems to be the case with uh, 
outsiders as well, I've noticed. Um, and I don't know if you get the same thing. So if I post um, something on, you know, any of my media outlets, um, and it is something that obviously, uh, you know, means something to me versus something that uh, I just thought, you know, looked cool or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, the response is almost always better. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from, you know, the story aspect of, of the, you know, what people love, people love a story. And, uh, if I take a picture, weird, stupid, small example, if I take like a cool shot of like a camera that I think is neat and I take it in front of a wall, um, versus the, almost the same shot in front of, uh, me building a garden, um, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be a much better response, you know, toward, you know, me building a garden because yeah. there's a story there. I agree. I mean, and, and you could multiply that by 10 if you have your kids holding it. Right. Because people love that. Yeah. Um, I, I think people it. are just tired of, of like the BS, you know, of like how fake everything has gotten and, and how easy it is to just like, bake your life on these social media platforms that if you actually show show something that's real but also not like perfect you know and then you're not trying people can tell if you're trying to like pull off some kind of bs life that you don't really have but if you if you like show the real you in whatever you do i feel like you'll get a much better response not and and you know, it, it all depends on if you really care about the response too. Yeah. Like, I mean, so how much of that, that's, that's a good point. So how much of the response do you care about? How much do you, uh, do you, do you mold what you do? And I don't necessarily mean you, I just mean, do we, um, yeah. mold what we do, uh, in order to get a better response because there I go at the end of the day, um, because, um, I <laughs> <laughs> can't stop saying it. Um, you know, I, I enjoy, let's, for example, you enjoy drawing, um, mm -hmm. you enjoy, you know, banging on the drums. I enjoy banging yeah. on a guitar. Um, but I don't, I don't enjoy it indefinitely in my room for no one forever. You know, yeah. um, I want to share. I'd be lying if I said that. Like, right. You know, so we want to share stuff with people. Um, and then we want to elicit a response in some way. Um, so do we do stuff to elicit a response or do we just stay purist all the time and just hope that the right response comes from the niche that we've created? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I already said this, but I would be horribly lying <laughs> if I said that I, I didn't want a response or else, I mean, I wouldn't put it out there. Right. You know, there's like, no point why sharing else? it. Right. Yeah. Like if I didn't want a response, I just draw pictures and leave them in, you know, in the computer and I'd never show anyone and I wouldn't care, but it, I do want a response and I do want people to like it. And, and I, and part of that is, is a totally like selfish thing. Like I like the way it feels to have people think that I'm good at what I do. Sure. But part of it is because I genuinely think that what, I do is kind of um, important in a mm -hmm. way. And the more people that I can get to know who I am and the more people that I can get to like what I do, the more people I can get to 
look at the books that I make along with other people who also work hard making these books and would benefit from more people buying them. You know, I, it, it's not completely selfish. Uh, uh, the end goal is to, to try to spread these projects out as much as possible that I do because I think that people will benefit from them yeah. in a way. I get, um, you know, if we want to get ultra philosophical about it, I think it's important. I think it's actually it's important for us to be selfish to some extent in that feeling that we, you know, that we get from it. I think that, you know, if you were to really look at the grand, you know, goal, what's the point of it all? Um, you know, I, I think sharing um, is almost number one um, outside of like procreation. Um, you know, perpetuation of the species obviously is probably number one from a biological perspective, but from a sociological perspective, we've created, we've, we've evolved into, you know, uh, animals of higher thinking, higher capability, and we want to share and progress that. And the only way to do that is to share knowledge through, uh, for the longest time through writing, then that slowly morphed into, uh, recorded music and recorded film and now um, the internet and all the I mean imagine if we didn't do that you know yeah. as a society right if only like one dude knew how to build a house and then <laughs> he died and nobody else ever knew how to build a house because he didn't share knowledge and somebody yeah. else had to learn a different way well and then it, there's also it, there's the there's the uh, the sharing of knowledge and the uh, spread of wisdom but there's also the 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 immortalization of people and of uh, figures and so I think you know whether it's on a small scale so f- like for you, immortalizing your thoughts and yourself into books for your uh, children and your children's children and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think it was Shakespeare that said, you know, uh, we immortalize ourselves through words. Um, and, and, you know, that that was through his plays and, and sonnets and stuff. But, um, you know, I think that uh, we would not know um, of a lot of important, smart, helpful people throughout history yeah. if they hadn't you know uh, uh, enjoyed the feeling of sharing and uh gotten over the fear of failure um yeah. you know, in order to do so and i think through our own like desire to know things we we find these these creators who who intrigue us and we learn more about them because mm-hmm. they share their creativity mm-hmm. you know rather than just writing down this is who i am and you read it once like you can look at a whole body of paintings and like see the whole life cycle of van gogh you know or like anybody else you 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 really are open if you're open to learning more about people and you want to then it's amazing you get interested enough in people um you know i think one of the problems now is is there's just so much saturation but you get interested enough in people, uh, you know, if I, if I put out, you know, some videos or whatever, and I'm like, ah, no one's going to you know be interested in this or whatever. Um, and then I, you know, I don't know, post a shot of my, I, my healthy smoothie <laughs> that I'm making for lunch <laughs> or whatever, you know, um, I might for, you know, a moment or whatever, be like, this is really stupid. Why am I posting this? And it probably is at the end of the day, but there I go again. Holy crap. Um, but, uh, you know, you look at, Someone like uh, Da Vinci, 
um, or Van Gogh, or, you know, if we go more pop culture uh, relevant, um, Kurt Cobain or something like that, someone who died, someone who created great work, you, you, you sift through their great work and that's all fun and great, but then you actually want to just know about them. You want to dig into their journals. You want to dig into their personality, what drove them, what made them do what they do. So I think that that oversharing isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, and in some instances can be really important because like you said, um, I feel like I've shared some content, um, recently that's, you know, helpful. Uh, I feel like I run a company that is helpful to a ton of people. Um, you know, you, uh, you know, write books that are helpful, um, for, for kids, your, your two most recent ones, um, are, are great examples of that. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, holding yourself back because of failure, because of not knowing if people are going to care about what I'm talking about is, uh, detrimental to society. I also, I also think that if you, if you take a step back and, and you don't worry so much about each individual thing that you're doing and you think about it more on the macro, like, uh, like as a body of work, like that ebbs and flows and gets bad and gets good depending on who's looking at it right. or who's reading it or who's listening to it or whatever. Like that's the, that's you, Yeah, you know, it's not this post of a rabbit. I felt like drawing the, today. <laughs> it's like, what was 2020 like for Daniel? And you can look at this like segment of, of my work or my life where, right. where you decide to look and, and kind of see that. And that's the, that helps me not like fear each individual thing. Like if people don't like it, yeah, okay, I'll just do something else, and maybe they will. That's, I think it was uh, Chris Cornell. Um, I think it was Chris Cornell that said something along the lines of, "If every album is just full of hits and number ones, then you didn't actually take a step back to do some experimentation. Yeah. You have to have some duds in order to grow." Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of what you're talking about with like ebb and flow, um, is that, you know, I personally have a tendency to, uh, you know, let's record six, 10 things and then use one of them. Whereas yeah. I probably should use maybe two or three or four because uh-huh. building up that body of work is what makes you better and makes you find the things that you actually want to do and that you're actually good at and that resonate with people. So yeah. Um, I might want to do, let's say videos on wellness or something, but I'll do a, let's say I'll do a video on, I don't know, formatting hard drives. And that is what interests people. <laughs> Maybe people look yeah. to me and they're like, oh, I like him talking about hard drives. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Know, so. And I mean, you obviously did that because you wanted to. Right. Uh, and so on some level you like doing that. And so finding that out. Right. And, and finding out that, oh, people want to hear me talk about computer hardware that's kind of fun <laughs> i'll do a series on computer hardware and just throw it out there and, and maybe it'll help people and and maybe it won't i think also getting past the idea that you're only sharing for people to like it sure is you know you're not necessarily just sharing for that some people are but some people you know you're sharing to inspire mm-hmm. you're sharing to you're sharing knowledge you're sharing like it's not just it's not just getting the likes. It's like helping. Right. So if you think about your sharing as trying to help, then it also 
kind of gets you past that failing. There isn't really uh, uh, the failing isn't as black and white in that way. Well, and if you help one person or five yeah. people, uh, then you haven't failed. Then mm-hmm. you haven't failed, and and really you've you've done more than you would have if you did nothing. If exactly. you let that fear take over and you don't end up sharing it and therefore no one likes it and no one feels mm-hmm. helped by it, then you did, you did nothing. You provided no yeah. value at that, at that point. So, um, yeah, I think that there's definitely something to, you don't need everything to be liked. You don't need to put things out to be liked. I think that's good to some extent, you know, just as we used to talk about with the band or with a company, you want to put out, you know, you want to make the right turns at the right times so that uh-huh. you can grow your audience so that you can continue to saturate and do more good and you know yeah. reach more people but you know you got to put out the duds and you got to put out totally and sometimes it isn't even about the art you're making it's the decisions about when and where to show that you right. know like you could write the best songs in the world but if you turn down a show where you're opening for somebody that is going to have a massive audience to see it. Right. Then you've kind of failed. Right. In a way, you know, it's, it's not just about the art. It's, there's a lot of decisions that go into, into whether you, you you know, quote unquote fail or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of depends on what (laughs) your, your meter and what your goal is also. Yeah. 100% 100% agree. Uh, man. Yeah. Good combo. Yeah, dude. Solid podcast. Take take all this with a grain of salt because <laughs> I've never succeeded at anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that I I think that I think we've touched on this before, but that's like a super uh misconception or I think a lot of people feel that way. I was listening to this guy that, um, I admire. I think he's a, he's a role model for a lot of people and for good reason. Um, his name's rich roll. He's a great, um, he's a great podcaster. He's got a great podcast. He's written some great books. Um, he's like an ultra endurance athlete, um, that he kind of rose from the, uh, ashes of, you know, alcoholism and being overweight and not being taking care of himself to turning into like this ultra athlete. And anyway, <clears throat> he's done this crazy stuff and had this amazing life and set these, uh, records that like no one else did. But when he has a conversation and you can tell he's genuine, he's like, I'm just a guy. It's like, well, you're not, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're really, you're not. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, when you say stuff like that, and I definitely say stuff like that, I think there's a lot of people Um, and maybe it's even just one person that looks at, you know, the accomplishments that you've had and I've had and other people around us have had and that anyone has had and say like, wow, that's really cool. That's really great. That's inspiring, man. I wish I could do that or whatever. And I think Mm -hmm. that I just don't think we notice the impact that we, and I'm I'm using the collective, we, not you and I, um, the impact, the the royal, we, the impact that we make on other people, um, and I, I think that, you know, if you step back and look at that and, and realize that you're making an impact on one or five or 10 or a thousand people, um, it's important to continue to do that and not let the, the fear of failure kind of impede you. Yeah, I agree. I, 
I um don't actually feel like I've never succeeded at anything. I know, I, know I, I, <laughs> I just think a level of um, self-deprecation shows humility, and <laughs> and and I feel like being humble um, yeah. and somewhat vulnerable is a better uh personality trait than being overconfident and pompous no i 100 percent agree i mean personally if you liked uh if you liked this episode if you uh are enjoying what you're hearing if you're back and you're 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 one of our homies and you're one of our regulars make sure you've subscribed make sure that you've liked it um i don't think you can like podcasts but make sure you've done whatever you can do to give us some cred uh give us the stars give us a review we'd really appreciate it um it helps us out big time and uh you know uh come back next time yeah keep listening keep listening episode yeah, eight like it in the box is it is yeah it yeah that's like two months worth of episodes once we get to 10 it's all going to change yep explode <laughs> it's time it's time to not fail No, we really appreciate it, everyone. Uh, Anyone who is listening who's still here, uh, thank you. Yeah. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks a lot. Peace out.